1: Offenders Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 169 regarding a robbery. Go at once to 2015 North Berendo Street. that's all. Rolls and close. you to use Rio Grande Cracked Jacqueline, never do we make unsupported claims. If we cannot give you convincing facts and reasons, we cannot expect your loyalty. By the same token, if we prove to you the advantage of Rio Grande Cracked Jacqueline, we expect you at least to give it a trial. We ask you to remember only one fact, more police cars, fire engines ambulances, and other emergency equipment use real brand extract gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. Last year, this meant 55 million miles. Do you know of any other test, any other run, any other trip that covered 55 million miles? The average police car travels more than 200 miles a day, more than 75,000 miles a year. Do you know of any other driving that is a fairer test of gasoline? There are no tricks to do a police officer's driving. He drives just as you do, except harder. Rio Grande Cracks gasoline gives him that finer, flashier performance called police car performance. And it will give you exactly the same. And here is the reason: Rio Grande Cracks gasoline is refined by the patented Sinclair cracking process. This breaks up gasoline into finer atoms, which burn more readily and more complete. Turn these facts to your own advantage. Be your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow, and from tomorrow on, enjoy the satisfaction and the thrill of police car performance in your own car. Once again, we present Captain Bert Wallace. Head of the Homicide Squad of the Los Angeles Police Department, Captain Wallace. Good evening, friends. Tonight's story is an unusual one, as well as being a fine example of the value of California's anti-kidnap law. As a result of this law, new at the time that this crime was committed, we were able to send the criminals responsible for it to the penitentiary for life. Had the anti-kidnap law not been in effect, they would have been able to spend a term for robbery in San Quentin then come out to prey on you, the public, all over again. It is a satisfaction to us, and should be to you, to know that now, with the California anti-kidnap law in action, criminals who fall under its shadow will be effectively removed from society, not for a few years, but for life. evening, 1935, at his home in Hollywood, attorney Henry Bodkin, former vice president of the Board of Governors of the State Bar of California, and one of the most popular barristers of Los Angeles, makes last-minute preparations before leaving for the Los Angeles Bar Association's annual hygiene. His wife, nearly ready, his 12-year-old son, Grattan, eating dinner under the capable supervision of the colored maid. Attorney Bodkin decides to save time by bringing his car from the garage in back to the driveway we enter. But as he pulls the car to a stop and looks expectantly out the side window for his wife, he meets with a surprise. Pardon, this is Mr. Bodkin. Why, yes, we got a Christmas package for you. A Christmas package? That's right. Well, it's a little early for such things. Only the 15th. Uh, However, uh, put it in the back of the car there. Uh, here's a the receipt. For your sign, please. All oh, right, let me have it. Sign is right here? Yeah, right there. On, there you are. Oh, Did you put the package in the back? Yes, sir. That's fine. Cut huh? the motor and turn off those lights. What? Come on, come on. Let's just stick up and we mean business. Cut that motor and put off those lights. Well, here, wait a minute. I'll give you my wallet. No, uh, we don't want that. Come on, cut that motor. Get out of the car and we'll go in the house. All right. You go here. And remember that I get you covered with this gun all the time. Now, listen, men. There's a colored maid inside. If he sees you with those masks on and those those guns, you get hysterical. There's liable to be trouble. Well, it's up to you to keep it quiet then. Now come on. Look, all the money I've got is in my wallet here. Why don't, you be reasonable, and take that shot up and keep walking. Sorry, now. I'll have to get the maid. The door's locked from inside. Okay. If it quiet, I'll do my best.
2: Ooh! Well,
1: Mr. Barton... It's all right, Amelia. Uh, these men are friends of mine. now. Don't get
2: excited. Oh, nothing, yes, Mr. Barton.
1: Mr. Barton's in the dining room.
2: He's sitting here ready to go. That's, uh... Yeah,
1: that's fine. we will go in there. Yes, Mr.
2: Barton. Oh, I'm all right, dear. I don't
1: want... Oh, hey, Ruth, don't get excited and don't cry out. These men are around. Why? Please. Everything will be all right. Where's Jackson? He's in the bedroom. Get him. I'll go with you.
2: Yes. And don't oh.
1: try any funny stuff because I won't like it.
2: Oh, Gretchen,
1: come in here. Will you, dear? All right. Sit down here at this table, Mr. Barton. All right.
2: Aren't you and Dad going to the party? Well, come in here, Gretchen. Okay, Dad. And
1: you sit down at the table, too, Senator. And you, too, Mrs. Barton. Yes, sir. Ah, that's fine. Now, here's the idea. We want all your money. Every bit of it. Where is it? I told you. Everything I have is here in my wallet. Give it to me. All right, here. Oh. $19, eh? $19, and you say that's all you have? Come on, where's your real money? Oh,
2: here's my purse. You can have all this in it.
1: Thanks. Right. $24. Well, isn't that fine? Now, look. We want real money, not sickle feet. We're staying right here until we get it.
2: Listen, mister. I got the money in my savings bank. You can have it if you if you go away and stop staring at my mother and dad. That's
1: the woman's cost, don't you? Come on, hand it over, lady. There's nothing in it.
2: Oh, here, here are my rings. You can have them.
1: Thanks again. Now look, cut the cord, okay. Now, you're going to tell us where your money's hidden or not. I've told you the truth. You've got everything I have. All right, come on. Let's take the woman and the kid in the other room and work this guy over. He'll talk then. Henry. Now, go with him, Ruth. Oh, it's all right. They'll hurt you. I don't think so. You go ahead and do as they Come say. on, come on. Cut the chatter and let's go. You keep an eye on this guy while I find a place to put these. Yeah, okay, don't be long. You're making an awful mistake doing this. You won't find any more money around here. I wouldn't be too sure. Now you just keep quiet till my partner comes back. Then we'll see about it. You said something about hidden money. What did you mean by that? Keep quiet. I locked them in a closet. They'll be safe enough there. You didn't hurt them. No, I didn't. Now let's stop fooling around and get down to business. Take off your shoes. My my shoes? You heard me. Take them off. See if he's got any dough hidden. Oh, yeah. How yeah, about it? Ah, there's nothing in here. You're not a damn. All right, then we'll have to try something else. Get out that wire and tie him down. What's the idea? Get up. The only time I want to hear you talk is when you tell me where your money is. But I've already told you. I don't you. believe you. Time with his hands behind him. <laughs> All right, Bodkin. Now your last chance. Where's the money? Haven't any uh, Maybe this gun will change your mind. Well, there isn't any use in shooting me. I've told you the truth. hard. Where's that money? Where's that money? I don't know who told you. So I had money now. But it's not true. Do you think I'd let you do this to my family? If I hadn't been fast. If I had any money, I'd, I'd give it to you. Everything would be covered by insurance. So I'm not holding out on you. Yeah, bring out his wife. Okay. Thing. My wife isn't going to be able to give you any, any information. There's a cent more in the house. That's what you say, Buck. And for me, I don't believe you. I think you're lying, and I'm not leaving till I prove it. <laughs> Sound, hand and foot, attorney Bodkin sits in the chair, stares directly in front of him, his mind constantly seeking some way to end the ordeal, grasping at some new straw, rejecting it again for another. And after an interval that seems an age, the door opens again. His wife, terrified, is brought into the room and made to sit across the table from him. For a moment, nothing is said, no sound breaks the heavy silence of the place. Then. Slowly, deliberately, one of the men begins to speak. Lady, I'm going to tell you something. Something that's mighty important to you.
2: Yes.
1: We're not amateurs. We're not fooling. You know that.
0: Yes.
1: You've got some money hidden in this house somewhere. We intend to get it. And I don't much care how. How about it? Are we going to have to get tough or are you going to talk? My wife Shut has. Shut how about it, lady? I've told you all I can.
2: There isn't any money here.
1: How would you like to see your husband's body floating around in the bay? Oh. Yeah, I can tell you wouldn't like it. Well, that's exactly what's gonna happen to him if you don't call. Oh, but I've told you. Now it. listen, both of you. We've got a gang outside armed with machine guns. You won't talk. I'm gonna call them in and they'll tear this place apart. All right. I've got another idea. Maybe a little heat will change your mind.
2: <laughs> what are you going to do?
1: You watch, lady, you'll see. Give me that magazine. Hmm? Oh, yeah. There you are. Now, Barton, are you going to talk? You're making a mistake. There isn't okay, any... Oh, give me a match. Yeah, I got it here. Yeah, we'll see how I like <laughs>
2: You can't do that. You can't. No.
1: Well, lady, I can and I'm gonna. Maybe when this flame begins to warm your husband's hands, you'll feel they usually go. Oh no. All right, Butkin, How do you like this? You better talk, Butkin. This is gonna burn pretty hard. Where's this, no
0: Money.
1: Well? Where's that money? Where's that money? Oh, mm. mm. God, it's beginning to get
2: on my nerves. Get on my nerves. Get me to lying. My nerves. Get me to lying. Oh, it. I don't know. Oh, please. Please don't touch me anymore. We've told you the truth. Here's my checkbook. You can look at the stuff. I drew $25 out today, and I spent $1. Here's the rest $24. That's all we have in the house.
1: Let me see that checkbook. Let me see. Yeah, here all right. It's $25 on this baby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid they're telling the truth. When I get my hands on that lousy punk that gave us this stare? I'll bust his head off. Well, we'd better get going, huh? Yeah. We've got to tie him up first, and then we'll scram. You go get the kid and that maiden start on these. You okay. Well, you're lucky to get out so easy, but... The... I thought you were still lying. Oh, you no, know I'm not. Yeah. You. Still... Put out your hands, I'm going to tie you up good and tight just so you won't try any funny stuff after we're gone. Tie those others two up good the kid, too. Yeah, okay. Come on. Put your hands down your the back. Here. Now, listen, all of you.
0: As
1: soon as we finish this, we're leaving, see? And I don't want to peep out of you for 45 minutes. Not one sound. If you do make any, of the boys outside or come in and make it very nasty. Remember that. After finishing the job of stuffing Botkin in his household, the two men walk out, disappear into the night. For several minutes, no one dares speak. Then, Grattan, the 12-year-old Botkin boy, begins a slow but determined attack on the rope, finding his wrist. Finally, manages to squirm free. In turn, releases his father, mother, and Amelia, the speechless, white colored maid. And once free, Botkin rushes across the street to his neighbor's house, phones the police, receives a promise of prompt action. Within ten minutes, Detective Clifford Jordan and Jack Molina from the Hollywood Division enter the house to begin an investigation. An investigation that lasts half the night results in the following meager clues. Bodkin's description of the men. The fake clip package found in the back of Bodkin's car which when unwrapped proved to be a box of the type used to hold a gallon wine bottle. On the outside, it bears the label, "Claret." These two leads and no other the detectives have to work on. And after a fruitless night of questioning neighbors searching for fingerprints, Jordan and Molina return to police headquarters and make a report. Finding the Barton torturers begins to look like an impossibility. Five days pass, during which many suspicious characters are picked up and questioned by police. But no sign of the two men described by Boston can be found. And then one morning... Georgia Street Police Station. Uh, this is where really you're Officer Kemp speaking. He's got a woman out here who claims you know something about that boxing. Where are you? Corner A. Okay, stay there and hang on, or I'll
0: check with Captain Edwards and have someone
1: come down. Okay. Informed of this new break? Captain Edwards, in charge of the Georgia Street detectives, sends Lieutenant Detective Hurst and Gorman to the spot with instructions to run the tip down. And a few minutes later, they join with you, Officers Kemp and Miller, and are in turn introduced to a woman. what mm. uh, what's this all about, lady?
2: You're looking for the man who pulled that bodkin job, aren't you?
1: Correct.
2: Well, I know who did it. Who? Oh. <laughs> well, the only thing is, I'm afraid you'll think that I have something to do with it, and I didn't. Suppose
1: you tell us your story, and we'll see. Well.
2: Will you promise me that I won't get mixed up in the thing if I can prove I was clear? Sure. Well, all right. Well, I was out a little joint the other night, you know, a beer spot, and I met two fellows. They asked me to join their party, and I did. I couldn't see anything wrong in that. They looked all right. Sure. Well, but after we'd been there a while, they got pretty drunk. began talking about all kinds of things, and all of a sudden they mentioned this Bobkin thing. One of them sort of laughed, and then he asked me how I'd like to have some diamonds. (laughs) He showed me a newspaper article about the torture case. And all of a sudden, I realized I was with the men who'd done it.
1: What'd you do then?
2: Well, uh, I was scared, and I thought about getting away from there. And then I figured maybe if I stayed, they'd talk more, and I could help the police. Did (laughs) they? Oh, plenty. They even admitted having done the job. One of them, his name's Hill. Well, he was all for not talking. But the other one was drunker, and he told me all about it.
1: Listen, you know where we can find those men now?
2: Yes, in their apartments. And I bet they're still asleep.
1: brings the same replies from both men, A complete denial of any connection with the case. A check of the record bureau brings to light the fact that Tanner has a past record, that Hill has none. Therefore, Captain Edwards points out, Hill is the logical one to crack under questioning. And with this in mind, the four detectives bring Hill into the room. Start all over again. Now look, Hill, where were you on the night of December 16th? Well, I, I was over at the county hospital seeing my wife. You there? sure you weren't out at Henry Botkin's house oh, that you, night? You no, know, I was at the hospital, sir. Mm. As a matter of fact, Hill, you know, aren't you the fellow that tortured Henry Botkin, kidnapped him, and robbed his wife? You may not know it, but when you forced Botkin to take a walk with you, you kidnapped him. You know what they do with kidnappers in this state now, no, right? I, just, I didn't have nothing to do. I, I was just over there seeing my wife. Where were you before you went over to the hospital? I, I, I don't remember. I can't remember. What really did you right? do afterwards? Well, I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to remember that far back, you see. All right, Hill, go on. Forget everything you ever knew. Only if you want my opinion of you, you're being pretty silly. Come on, O'Connor. I want to see you alone a minute. And once out of the room, Lieutenant Gorman confides to O'Connor his idea, which results in a hurried trip to the county hospital. Once there, the two men find Hill's wife, question her question her about her husband's alibi visit on the night of September 16th. Find him to be lying. As they start to leave, she gives them a note asking that it be delivered in person to Hill. But back at headquarters, Hurst and O'Connor learned that Hill and Tanner are to be put in the show-up the next morning. Decide to hold the letter until after. And accordingly, the following morning, Attorney Botkin, his wife and son, and the colored maid, Amelia, stand with the officers. Watch the line of suspect as they are paraded under a brilliant white light. Several men are brought out. Then Hannah starts. But as he starts in through the door, a jailer notices he has no shoes on. Makes him get them. And a moment later, his reason for this is discovered when Amelia bursts into speech.
2: Yes, sir. that's one of them, right? I remember these shoes. There was more like boots than shoes. That's how I know them.
1: Following this, Bobkin and his wife substantiate Amelia's identification Hill, when his turn comes, is pointed out by all three of them. The finger points directly to Tanner and Hill as the wanted men. But when questioned again after the go-up, they refuse to the talk, deny everything. But Hurst and McConnor have ideas, put them into effect when they get Hill alone. Hill, you're still set on the idea of not talking. Well, I, I haven't anything to talk about. It. Okay, okay. Here's a letter from your wife. She asked me to give it to you. Oh, yes. You talked to her? Sure, over at the hospital last night. Well, what would she say? She seemed kind of hurt when we told her what you had been doing. Gave us this letter for you. Go on, read it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I'll do more than that, see? Tell you were to find the guy who planned it. He's the one you ought to have. Now we're just working for him. Good. His name is Brooks, and he's got all the jewelry we got. You can find him at 2960 West 9th Street in his apartment. <laughs> and half an hour later, O'Connor, Gorman, Wessel, and Hurst, accompanied by Attorney Bodkin, stand before the door to an apartment the landlady has pointed out as being Brooks. with him. Look at that bottle he's been working on. Yeah. If you finish that all alone, he's plenty drunk. Brooks! Brooks! Huh? Where is it? We're after the potkins diamond, uh-huh. Brooks. One of the boys said they left him here. Where are they? They're out here. They had him here, but they took him away. Took him away. <laughs> I got to get another drink. My head's coming off. You know, Jim Hill... Never heard of him. You hear something? Yeah? newspaper. Uh, <laughs> dated the 6th a drink. Over here, open to the story about the kidnapping. Give me my what are you doing with that, Brooks? Got to have his head coming off. Yeah, it doesn't look as though yeah. we're going to get very far with him at this point. Hey, well, we'll take him in and let a night in jail cover him up. Maybe he'll feel more like talking tomorrow. On the following morning, a soberer but early brook faces Attorney Botkin and the officers answers questions in a defiant tone. Do you know Buck Tanner? i never heard of him. Where'd you get that cardboard, Buck? You turned over to Jim Hill last Saturday night. I turned over to Jim Hill? I don't even know Jim Hill. If he says so, he's crazy. You never saw Jim Hill before you saw him in jail? Well, I've, I've seen him, but I, well, I don't know him. Would you know Hill if you saw him again? I don't know. Uh, maybe if you could have Hill brought in, Lieutenant, right away. I'll get him, Mr. Botkin. Thanks. I... Now, Brooks, you say Hill has never been in your apartment. Yeah, that's right. Never. Yet Hill says he has. Well, then he's lying. We'll see about that. Right in here, Hill. Hello, Hill. You know this fellow sitting here? Harrison. Yes. yes. You, you, you can't positively identify me. Now Wasn't there another fellow in my apartment when you were there? You know, a a guy about my size named I No. Brooks, what afternoon did Hill come up to your apartment? Uh, I don't know. I I was never there when Hill was there. Yesterday, when we entered your apartment, we asked you where the diamonds were that had been left with you, and you said they'd been taken away again. Hey, you're crazy. I didn't say that. I had some jewelry of my own in my pocket. That's what I meant. Didn't you say the boys had taken them? No, I didn't. Hill... Uh, where did you last see this man, Brooks? Well, when we gave him the jewelry and stuff. Well, Brooks, do you remember that? No, I don't. No, listen, Brooks. I'm clean. I'm going to be clean, see? I was dragged into something I knew nothing about. You got me to do the job, and then you told me if I backed down, it was, it was my head. And then you turned around and give me one dollar for it. He only gave you a dollar? Uh, did he say the job was a success? He said there should have been more. Did you ask him for more money? Well, I asked him for some of the jewelry and... He told me to get out. What have you got to say, Brooks? Say, I ain't got nothing to say. Do you do admit it or deny it? I deny it, and, and you here you positively identify and me? So me. You're, wrong me. you're wrong, Mister. not me alone, Todd Brooks. And you know? Well, I, I don't know anything of the sort, and I still say you're nuts. You're as crazy as a hair. Why, I never had anything to do with you. And despite Hill's positive identification of Brooks as the brains of the gang, the police are unable to connect him by any direct evidence. No jewelry has been found in his apartment. Nothing that can be offered as evidence in court. Five days pass. Five days in which the police can get no more out of either Tanner or Brooks. Mm-hmm. Then the morning of the sixth. Georgia Street Police Station. Her speaking. Now, this is the
2: landlady over at the apartment where Harry Brooks lived, and I told you that you would give him the message from me. Well, what's that, ma'am? I found
1: a fine-looking little scammy bag in the bushes under Mr. Brooks' window and opened it, and there was some diamond rings in it. Now, I was just going to give them back to him, and I remember he'd gone away with you, so I thought you could tell him. Well, I'll
2: tell him, all right. And don't let that bag out of your sight. This is just what we needed.
1: The rings as being the one stripped from his wife's fingers by the torture bandit. The final and most important link in the chain of evidence is forged. And a month later in court, Hill turns face evidence and supplies the prosecution with a complete description of the crime. With the result that when the jury finally gets the case, their decision is unanimous. defendants, Harry Brooks, and William Tanner, guilty of kidnapping and robbery as (laughs) fuck. Tanner and Brooks were sentenced to death on the gallows under the New California kidnap law. Ill to a term of two years to life in San Quentin. Clemency brought Tanner and uh, Brooks a reduction of sentence to that of life without right of parole. Thus ends the career of California's famous torture kidnap case, with all three participants right where they belong, behind the bars of the state penitentiary. Thank you, Captain Wallace. Police cars and other emergency equipment traveled 55 million miles last year on Rio Grande-cracked gasoline. Well, here are some of the cities that have used it exclusively in law enforcement work: Marysville, Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, Pasadena, Monterey Park, San Diego, Phoenix, Santa Barbara County, Orange County, San Diego County, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties. Many of these cities also use Sinclair motor oil, Sinclair Pennsylvania, or Sinclair Opaline. Naturally, the two make an excellent combination. Quick-starting Rio Grande cracked gasoline refined with a patented Sinclair cracking process and free-flowing Sinclair motor oil, thoroughly de and de-jellied. Your independent Rio Grande dealer can supply you with everything you need for superb motoring satisfaction, chassis lubrication, crankcase lubrication, and the only gathering you can buy that gives police car performance, Rio Grande cracks with Tetra Ethel. And he will give you free the means of an evening's entertainment, calling all cars news, detective stories, movie goths and pictures, radio news, and many special features. See him tomorrow. Police calling all cars, offense all cars. The cancellation broadcast 169 regarding the robbery. The suspects in this case are now in custody. That's all. Rolls and footsteps.